Good morning. Welcome to our message for Sunday morning. I trust you've had a wonderful week in the Lord, that you've been well blessed, that you realize all of the blessings and the presence of God in your life. <clears throat> As we begin our services today, we will, of course we want to begin with prayer. I hope that you have prayer requests or praise reports or a testimony. If you do and you're watching on live, go ahead, feel free to share those. Whatever it may be that God has laid on your heart, feel free to share it today. Feel free to do it while I'm speaking. Let's just praise God and let Him have His way in our lives today. <clears throat> today we're going to begin a study of the book of Mark. And as I open today, I'm going to give you a little bit of an idea of what Mark is about as an introduction. And then we'll get into the, into the, into the first verse today. So also while you're getting ready, Mark chapter 1 verse 1 is our passage today. While you're finding your place, let's think about prayer. As we open today, there's a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot to look. We look outside, we see the beautiful weather that we're having, <clears throat> at least here in western North Carolina. It's beautiful today. Temperatures are warm. Restrictions on lockdowns are gradually being lifted. Many of you that have been watching, maybe you're in your own church this morning. We praise God for that. Also, we have a lot to be mindful of today. There's a lot of sickness still out there. There's a lot of recovery taking place. There's a lot of people who need encouragement today. There are a lot of issues going on in people's lives. Maybe you're one of those. There are people today who do not know the Lord as their personal Savior. There are those who do, yet their life isn't a life that is right in God's eyes. We want to pray for you today. We want to pray that God will move in your heart, move in your life. We want to pray that you will be saved, that you will come to know Him as Lord and Savior. There is no greater privilege in life than to be called by the Holy Spirit to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're experiencing that today, I don't want you to put it off. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to hold back. I want you to accept Him as your Lord and Savior. I want you to realize how important that is. I want you to realize how wonderful it is to be a child of God. And if you have strayed from that path today, I want you to realize God is standing with His arms open, ready to receive you. All you have to do is ask Him. There's no greater time, no better time to do it than at the beginning of a service. Why wait until the end? Start off at the very beginning by accepting Jesus, by calling on Him to restore that broken relationship. It'll mean a lot to you. It will make a big difference in the meaning of this message and in the meaning of every message that you hear going forward. Whether it is from me 
or whether it is from any other preacher of the Word of God. So right now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Your prayer requests, your concerns, your thanksgivings, your blessings, what you want to share with God, what you want to bless Him with today, what you, the burdens that you have that you want to share with Him, the conviction of getting right with Him, of being saved by Him. He's there. He's ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of coming into your home and into the homes of all of those watching today. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the blessings of sharing your word. Lord, I pray that it would return to you with all purpose. I pray that it would return to you everything that you have wanted it and called it to do. Lord, I do not believe it will ever return to you void. Lord, I know there are those out there today who are struggling. There are those who are dealing with economic problems. There are those dealing with health problems. There are those dealing with spiritual problems. Heavenly Father, you know what's needed. You know those that are struggling today to spiritually find meaning in the day that we live in. You know those who are lost and need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Lord, you know, you know those who are seeking a hand on the medicines and on the physicians and on the caregivers. Lord, you know those who are looking and praying and reaching out for the ability to meet that bill that's coming due. Lord, you know this, the strength and the, the, the depth that is needed in the lives that are there. You know what's needed in my life today, Lord. Heavenly Father, I lift all of these up to you. I know that you can teach and you can reach. I know that you can meet those needs. Lord, I pray that we would all have conviction to follow your will and your direction. I pray that we would all have the humble ability to give ourselves over to the convictions of the Holy Spirit. Now, Heavenly Father, as we close our prayer and as we move into the message, I pray that you would bless it. I pray that you would anoint it. I pray that I would be hidden behind the cross and that your word would be all that would be heard today. That it would reach hearts and lives for your glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen. As we open our Bible, we are moving, we're opening up into the book of Mark. Mark is also known as John Mark in Scripture. You may remember him from the Acts where he is the nephew of Barnabas. And he is going with Barnabas and Paul on a missionary journey. Well, they, they take off. They, they begin the missionary journey. Along the way, something happens that discourages Mark. Something happens that frightens him. Something, we don't know what. We just know something happens. In any way, Mark leaves the group. Mark goes back to Jerusalem. Paul is living. He and Barnabas move on and they do their work. They come back. 
They are working on another missionary journey. Barnabas wants to bring Mark. Paul, Paul says no. Absolutely not. So there's a falling out between Barnabas and Paul. Paul finds Silas and he and Silas go and they do their missionary work. But Barnabas still takes Mark, John Mark. So what we have going on is a, a history about what developed Mark. What made Mark into the disciple that he was. Well, I, I told you he went back to Jerusalem and he did. And while he was there, he hooked up with the Apostle Peter. And the Apostle Peter took Mark under his wing and worked with him and encouraged him, taught him, mentored him. And from that, he gave Mark something that he didn't have before. He gave Mark confidence. Confidence in the Lord first and then confidence in himself to be that vessel that the Lord could use. So we have someone that failed the Lord, that failed the Lord's people. But we also have someone that was taken in by God's man and mentored into a meaningful, useful disciple. Now what I want you to glean from all of that is this. It doesn't matter about your past. Maybe you were saved. Maybe you started going to church and maybe things were going well and then something happened. Something that you abandoned. The Lord, you abandoned the Lord's people. I want you to know all is not lost. Maybe you're struggling today with your salvation. Maybe you have been for a long time. Maybe you've been to services and, and you've listened to preachers, but you just never made that commitment. I want you to know that the Lord has, has a purpose in your life. I want you to know either way, whether you have abandoned the Lord's work at one time or whether you've never stepped into it, the Lord has a purpose for your life. He wants to do something. Mark, Mark was never a, an apostle. He never was one of the close twelve of Jesus. But that didn't stop him from believing in Jesus. He didn't stop him from serving Jesus. While Mark had a difficult start, he wound up well. We know from Paul's writings also that in the end, toward the end of Paul's life, when he was in prison waiting his execution, he sought for people to come minister to him. And one that he asked for was Mark. John Mark. Paul, the, Paul's very words were, he is useful to me. So you see, the very people that we may disappoint are also the very people that later in life can come back and see us useful to them.
It's all about trusting the Lord. Believing Him and being willing to be taught and mentored. It doesn't matter how old we are. We can all be mentored by someone. We should have someone that we look to as a mentor. And we should be willing to follow them. Not because of who they are, not because of who their name is, but because of their relationship with the Lord. Because of their strength. Because of their wisdom. Because of their testimony. And what we can learn from it. And how we can apply it in our life. That's what John Mark did. So, John Mark, when he wrote his gospel, it is accepted by most today that he was writing as a second person regarding the work and the preaching and the ministry of Peter. John John Mark doesn't do like a lot of the like a lot of the gospels, like the other three. He doesn't give any genealogies, he doesn't give any real framework. Mark just jumps right in. He he just jumps right into Jesus. And that kind of also points us back to Peter because Peter was impetuous that way. Peter would just get straight to the point with things. Sometimes it got him into trouble, but nonetheless, Peter went straight to the point. And Mark, likewise, is going straight to the point. So let's open up. Let's take a look at verse 1 today. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now that's simple. And some of you may be thinking, what can he bring out to that? Well, first we realize Mark calls this the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not his gospel. It isn't his opinions. It isn't his thoughts. It is what he knows from the Word of God. It is about Jesus Christ. And all of the Gospels are that way. The entire Bible is about Jesus Christ. But Mark gets right to that point. You see, when we are reading the Bible, when we are following the Bible, when we're preaching it, when we're teaching it, when we're listening to it, we are listening to the collective story of the prophecy of and the life of the resurrection of the ascension of and the prophecy about the future of Jesus Christ it's all about Jesus it takes many turns throughout God throughout the pages of our Bible but it all comes back to Jesus and Mark knew that Mark knew it well and then he comes back and he says, the Son of God. And that's kind of the point where I'm at this morning with this message. You see, I want us to realize that in this introduction, what we're seeing is the identity and the credentials of Christ. As a matter of fact, we're going to be continuing that thought through the first 13 verses. We're just beginning today. First, when... When we see that Jesus is the Son of God, the first thing that I think of, and I hope you do as well, is John 3.16. For 
for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should perish should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice in John 3.16, John says, only begotten Son. There is no other. Now, as a born-again Christian, a saint of the Lord himself, I am a son of God through Jesus Christ. But I am not Christ, I am not God's begotten son. None of us are. God only has one begotten son. And that is Christ. None other. I realize there are a lot of religions today who will claim that this person and this person and this person may be begotten of God. And this may be God's son and that one. Uh, I realize uh, the, the Muslims, they believe that, uh, uh, that Ishmael was the begotten son of God and the rightful heir to everything that was promised. And, and I realize that, and I hate to be the one to burst your bubble this morning. But there is only one begotten Son of God, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's something that we must accept, and we must believe it with all of our heart. When Mark wrote it, and he wrote the gospel of Jesus Christ, he wrote it knowing full well that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. When I believed in Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I believed in Jesus as the only begotten Son of God. When I talked to people about Jesus as Lord and Savior, I talked to them as Jesus being the only begotten Son of God. When I, when I talk about the Bible in any context, when Jesus comes around, He is the only begotten Son of God. That's what I believe with all of my heart. That's what I believe with everything within me. That's what I want to encourage you to fall back upon today. That there is none other than Jesus as the begotten Son of God. Now let's move on and see something else. When we see the Son of God, we see Psalm 2-7, where the psalmist says, I will declare and decree the Lord hath said unto me thou art my son this day have I begotten thee that speaks of the future reign of Christ we know that Jesus came that Jesus lived we know that Jesus ministered we know of his miracles we know of all of the wonderful things that he done when he was here we know he was crucified we know he was resurrected we know he ascended and we are told that he will return and he will reign for a thousand years on this earth the psalmist said that as well of a truth he said thou art the son of God before Jesus as a man ever stepped foot on this earth. God spoke through the psalmist as Jesus being the Son of God. How much more of a credential do you need? When the psalmist, when God would speak through the Old Testament, and this is just one of many and promise and give a give not just a 
not just an idea, not just a thought, not just an opinion, but give a credential of His Son coming. And when He did, when He was born as that child and laid in a manger, He was born King. He came as a King. But His kingdom was not of this world. The Son of God was plain of that. His kingdom is in heaven. If you are saved today and you are a saint of God, I want you to know that you are a, have membership in a kingdom that is an eternal kingdom in heaven. I want you to realize that whatever this world may throw at your feet, whatever temptation the devil may lay in your lap, or whatever tribulation or trial may come this way, you, if you are saved today, you are the heir to an eternal kingdom in heaven. An eternal kingdom that one day will be established and set up here. Folks, when I talk to those that were lost at the beginning of this message and the broadcast today, I made it clear that I wanted to see those that were lost saved. You see, I want you to realize that it doesn't matter how rich you are this morning. It doesn't matter how popular you are. It doesn't matter how political you are. It doesn't matter any of the other things that's there. And I hope that you're prosperous. I hope God has blessed you well. But it matters not about that. That has nothing to do with eternity. It is all about the Son of God. It is all about what He does in your life and through your life. It's all about having that saving relationship with Him. It's all about being known as a born-again child of God, a saint of God, as Paul calls us in the New Testament. Why do you want to keep putting off something that you realize is so necessary? You may not want to admit it, but you know you realize it. You can try to hide from it. You can try to run from it. But in the end, you will stand before the Son of God, either as His follower, as His faithful, or you will stand waiting upon His judgment against you. And I hate to say that, to anyone, but it's true according to the Bible. It is true. All the things that I've spoken of today are true. Let the Son of God have His way in your life. From the very beginning in the Psalms, He spoke of it. But it doesn't stop there. When Mary learned from the angel she would be Jesus' mother, we also learned from Luke one thirty-five. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Another point that Jesus is the Son of God. That holy that was born of Mary shall be not maybe 
not could be, not ought to be, but shall be called the Son of God. That comes straight to his own earthly mother from the angel themselves. God himself sent that message and that message to Mary about the child that she was carrying. Now what a wonderful blessing we have today in order to look at Jesus as the Son of God and to know that it's not just something that he decided to call himself. To know that it's not something that a few people just kind of put together at some point in time in history. It is something that came from the halls of heaven and from the throne of God and went straight into Mary. And she gave birth. And the Son of God walked among men and ministered to men. You see, when we read Mark's Gospel or any of the other Gospels, and when we don't fully picture Jesus as the Son of God, we just don't get the, and grasp the depth of the theology that we're looking at. We don't get the, we don't get the doctrine that's being given to us. We don't have the ability to teach it to the depth or learn it to the depth that the Holy Spirit has given it to us. We must grasp and take hold of the reality of Jesus being the Son of God. Having all authority. Having all dominion. Having everything. Now some of you may still be doubters. And, you know, the only thing I've got left to say, all of the testimony that I can give you about Jesus being the Son of God requires one thing. It requires our acceptance as the, of the Bible as the inspired, inerrant, authoritative Word of God in all things. This book, Our Holy It must be accepted for what it is. I hear over and over and over, I wish I could believe all of the Bible. I hear over and over again that it's only the words of man. I hear over and over again, well, we just can't be sure. It is a book of faith. The Bible has history, but it isn't a history book. The Bible has, it does have evolution. It shows the evolution of man from the beginning up through the end. Or should I say, the spiral, the downward spiral of man from Genesis to Revelation. But it isn't evolution not as is practiced today. It is the Word of God given from God to us as we stand. We have to accept it as that. That's one big problem. 
society has today. We feel like we have become so intelligent that we don't need God. We feel like we've become so intelligent that, that the, the writings, the ancient writings of God himself are no longer useful in our lives. They're no longer relevant in our lives. They're no longer real. They are a fable. They are some type of a mystical fairy tale. I've got news for you this morning as we close out this broadcast. The Word of God is just as alive, just as living, just as real, and just as pertinent in your life today as it was in the lives of any of the characters written of during the time it was written. Folks, will you not accept Jesus, the Son of God, as your Lord and Savior? Folks, will you not accept Jesus, the Son of God, and return to Him, to love Him and let Him love you and do His service and do His work? Will you not accept the Son of God as the rightful owner and, and claimer of you, the redeemer of you, because of Christ's glory? Will you not come to the Son of God as Mark wrote about Him in that first verse, the one that has the gospel, the good news of what God wants to give us each and every one. Will you not come to him today? Why not? Why not lay down that conviction that you're bearing right now and join us every week as we go through the book of Mark and as we learn about the Son of God? That's where we're at this morning individually. Where does Jesus stand in our life? Is he just a good person? A healer? A philanthropist? Is he a miracle worker? He's all of those. But he's all of those because he is the Son of God. We have to accept him as that. We have to realize that he's spoken of from the very beginning of time. As a matter of fact, when we look at Genesis and creation, we hear the word we each and many times. We refers to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost as the creators. Jesus was present then. So where do you stand today? Where does the Lord stand in your life? What is His depth? His grasp? How close are you to Him? Now, where does He want you to be? Where does He want you to be in that relationship? can't speak for nobody but myself. And you can't speak for no one but yourself. The Son of God wants you as you are to come to Him so that He can have that relationship that is in the Gospel that we're going to be looking at moving forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to open your word. Thank you for the Son of God. 
Thank you for the death, the burial, the resurrection. Thank you for the testimony. Thank you for his words. Lord, as we move forward in this study, I pray that you will bless it. I pray you will anoint it. I pray your words will ring true in my heart, in my ears, and in the ears and the hearts of all listening. Heavenly Father, walk with us. Lead, guide, and direct us. Build a hedge about us. Take care of those who are sick, suffering, those who are struggling. Bless the churches and the pastors that are out there today. Bring in your word. May souls be saved. May those that are backslidden return. May we see a great awakening across this nation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for praying with us and praying for us. Remember our studies on Wednesday night in the book of 1 Thessalonians. I hope to see you then. Until then, may God bless you is my prayer.